Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is a awesome day, episode 855, but this is a big one because I got one of the best in the business, Rob Louder, next to me. Don't give me that face, Rob. Don't do it. How are you today? I'm great, man. Workday's done. I'm chilling. I've put shorts on. I don't have shoes on. I'm in an air conditioning room in Fresno. I'm great, man. I'm great. <laughs> it's the little wins. Uh, right. the, the shorts and no shoes and air conditioning. It's the trifecta. I, I love it. Now, there's so much news, and I'm so excited about today. But before we do this, I got to let everybody know. I've said this a lot of times on the show. When the, Whenever we're in season and the 49ers game ends, which usually I'm on the road or in an airport or whatever, the first thing I do, Rob, well, after shower and brush teeth and all that stuff, of course. whenever I wake up the day after a Niners game, first episode, first podcast I go to, Striking Gold, Rob Louder, first listen every single time. So I just want to say thank you. Love what you do. And if you haven't followed Rob yet, whether that's on uh, Twitter, Rob underscore Louder, or the Striking Gold podcast, wherever you get your audio platform, go check it out. This dude... Coaching background, works with kids, good dude. Non, you're not hot takey, which uh, is a compliment. That's a compliment. Hopefully, I, you take it as what. I I would think so. I don't. I guess there's every now and then a topic will come around where I have a passionate opinion about it. I don't try to be boring, but I just try to be reasonable because I don't know. I feel like there's there's so much. It's the same thing as like everything in life, politics, what have you. There's all kinds of people way over there and way over there. And it's like, I think there's a lot of reasonable stuff to be had somewhere in the middle. So, and I don't know, man, it's just, I feel like a lot of people set themselves up for some sort of disappointment, like just kind of try and just take things reasonably. And you never know, man, you can never, it's like, it's like that saying, I'm not, I'm going to butcher it right now, but it's like, if you set your expectations super low, then you can never be disappointed. You know, so it's like something along those lines doesn't necessarily perfectly apply, but that's kind of how I, I go about my, covering the 49ers that's the uh i would say i applied that very well to my uh my marriage and the fact that my wife <laughs> i helped set those low expectations for her and guess what i've yet to dis i'm sure i disappoint her all the time but here we go no we way. got lots of stuff to get to today ota started today now organized team activities is what they are referred to as and a lot of the star kind of whatever players aren't really getting in uh, you saw some videos today out there of you know Brandon Ayuk and all that kind of stuff and that was a lot of fun but OTAs is a good time because it's the first time of this team the 2023 49ers as they are assembled get together 
Rob, first question. What are some things that you're kind of hoping to get some clarification on through this OTA process? Or is it merely just, you know what, they're going to get together, build some team camaraderie, see who's in shape, who's in not, and that's basically all we get from it? Well, I think the most obvious answer is these are the first snaps where you're going to get any sort of remote clarity to any quarterback situation whatsoever. And I'm not saying a job can be won or lost in OTAs. It's nothing along that along those lines whatsoever. But this is the first time where those quarterbacks, and if you think about it, Sam Darnold just got here. Trey Lance has been here but hasn't been here in terms of being able to build chemistry with these guys. And so this is the first time those guys are going to be snake taking snaps together, building some sort of chemistry with the receivers, competing against each other. And anytime, no matter what anybody tells you, anytime you step onto a football field, it's a competition that the whole core of the game is competition. So it might be super low key. It might be, we're just getting started and we're out here in shorts, but anytime one of those dudes throws a football, it's a competition and coaches are noticing that they're all human beings Every throw gets put into their brain and forms an impression. So that's getting started right now. There's not a lot of competition elsewhere in terms of uh, like something that's left unsettled, any type of position battle that needs to start developing. I mean, there's some rookies like Jair Brown and Darrell Luter and stuff that I could see kind of jockeying for maybe a little more snaps than a lot of people are getting them credit for. Um, but other than that, and that's kind of just the case when your first pick wasn't until 99. There's not like, any high placed rookies that you really think are going to come along and kind of surprise everybody. Um, I think to the most, to your point, it's more of just the boys are back together again. It's the closest thing to a real football practice we've had since they were really practicing. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a chance for maybe something to come along and surprising you. Maybe the best thing about OTAs is everybody's going to get a clip of a certain throw and everybody's going to overreact to it. And I cannot wait. Yeah, uh, especially, you know, the we talk about it with the Combine when you're doing all the draft research, and it's like, oh, you know, the underwear Olympics and whatever else. It's like we're going to get some clips, quarterbacks throwing without shoulder pads and all that stuff, and oh, so-and-so's gonna motion's be a, fixed. It's going to be amazing. And, yeah, anyway, it's I, – I like excitement, and so, like, that's really, really cool, and I, I, I sometimes dive into that. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, Come on. <laughs> like they're throwing on air. There's not right. even offensive line or D line out there. But uh I will be guilty of retweeting some of those. I'm just gonna tell everybody now. It's Why happening. not? We have we have nothing better to do. Why not? <laughs> That's right. Now, speaking of nothing better to do, I do think the the NFL made a lot of decisions I disagree with today, but Shanahan got his rule through. <laughs> The NFL approved. You can now have a third emergency quarterback that does not count against your Active roster. Now, a couple stipulations. Let me just run through this. The third quarterback has to be on your 53-man roster, but in the past, you would make your six inactives jump down to 47 for game day. Now, as long as you have that third quarterback, the emergency quarterback, on your 53-man, you only you can keep him as a reserve. And so you would get, what's that, 48, right? Yeah, yeah 48. Right, is that right? right? So essentially, that's what that is. So my question to you, Rob, what do we call this rule? Is it the Brock Purdy rule? Is it the CMC rule? Is it the Shanahan like quarterback? Like, how do we term this? Because every single rule that gets passed is always labeled somebody the Tuck rule, you know, whatever else. What is this going to be remembered as if this is a rule henceforth in the NFL? 
And I, I, unless I'm wrong, you know what's funny about people trying to equate this to the 49ers? And I get it. They're the ones that put it forward again. If you got a, at a base, you could call it the 49ers rule, the 49ers quarterback rule. But this rule wouldn't even have saved them in no. that day. Jimmy Garoppolo was on their roster, and they, they just he just never recovered to the point. They, they thought they had a chance to get him back out there to be a backup quarterback. Whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo was physically capable, we'll never know. And he never did. And maybe that was why the front office was so definitive. And no, we're ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason because they kept him on that roster. So they had three quarterbacks on their active roster at the start of that game. They just really only had two. So yeah, I kept saying that whole time, unless Brock is out and it's clearly defined that Jimmy will be the starter, there's no way he's coming back. I I just didn't see it. It didn't make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any sense for him to get back out there, especially watching how often the 49ers were giving up pressure to the Eagles. Like, everybody wants to talk about the fact that Brock Purdy getting hurt. And look, quarterback or defense or offensive line gives up pressure and quarterbacks don't get hurt all the time. So the 49ers were still incredibly unlucky there, but they were getting given up pressure at like an insane rate. So the fact that Brock Purdy got hurt sucks, but they kind of earned it. And then, then their third quarterback was a guy who couldn't play, but was still on the active roster. And then out comes Josh Johnson, who just signed with the, who was it? Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Right, right. So at least he's still in the NFL. I'm, I'm happy for him in that regard. So I don't know, going back to your point, I guess you could just call it the 49ers rule, the 49ers quarterback rule. I don't, I don't want to call it the Brock Purdy rule because it's almost like it's, it's like, I feel bad for calling it that. Like it's not his yeah. fault, man. Like, uh, you know, and I'm not even one of those guys that piles on Shanahan for the whole blocking on uh, uh, an extremely good pass rusher with a tight end thing. Cause he did it before, but it's just like, I don't know, man, if we got to call it something, just call it the 49ers rule. Wouldn't have saved the 49ers rule. I don't no, know. It would not. And call it they that. didn't, they didn't add in anybody like they didn't have another guy. Um, and again, even if Jimmy was activated, that might've been a different story, but whatever. Now, a couple other rules to this, which I thought were interesting. The only way that quarterback can be activated in the game is if the first and second string quarterback are disqualified or injured and ruled out. Um, so it's not; it can't be a coach's decision. You can't bench number one and then do this. It has to be injuries or disqualification. Um, now, my question to you, how will this apply to the 49ers in 2023? Because I think that that's – everybody looks backwards, and I get it. But I think that this has a bigger implication for this season with the 49ers three quarterbacks they have rostered. So how do you see this for the 49ers? You know, to be honest, I, I don't see it affecting them that much. You know, oh. if, if I mean, if, if you've got Brock Purdy, you've got Sam Darnold, and you've got Trey Lance, aren't they all going to be active unless you've traded one of them and he's no longer on the team? You know, like, would – so you can have all three of them on your roster, and then one of them has to become that designated third quarterback Correct. on game day. So, I mean, I guess maybe it does. Maybe I'm uh, – because I'm, I'm, it's almost like I'm still kind of grasping the uniqueness of the rule. I mean, it was just – Yeah, it just day. passed. Like, So I suppose – I mean, that it honestly opens you up to a little bit of quarterback drama too because somebody has to be qualified <laughs> as that third guy, and you're like, hey, we, we care about you, but – you're the third guy, and are they going to switch back and forth between who's the third guy? Are they going to – is it going to be the same guy all year? Is If the 49ers make Trey Lance that third guy, we're going to have to do 18 podcasts about it. So it's like 
it, it, it's uh, but I mean, you won't get to know about it until Brock Purdy comes back. Because then, are, is Brock Purdy going to be on the active roster? And is he going to be the third guy? Like, but he can't really play, so he can't be the third guy. It's like, like it's like, dude, you could. And I'm literally live, obviously. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Spilling all this out of my mouth, and it's like thinking <laughs> about good. all this, thinking about all the scenarios that can possibly come from this rule in the 49ers. And somebody might go from being the number one guy to start the season to the number three guy by the end of the season. It, man, I don't know. I'm just like literally. I, I feel like that that meme with uh, Galifianakis from Hang with all the numbers. Hangover. Yeah, Hangover. <laughs> Like I'm literally doing that right now in front of y'all, and it's like, dang, this is gonna be fun. Like I feel like I, we could record an entire podcast just on this rule. Like, and it's over trip, under. Man. Hold on, I'm gonna set an over under. Oh, five times we have to talk about this throughout the season. Five. This, I'm going this, over this rule, and who ends up as the third guy, and has someone earned the right to be the second guy? It's like okay. A, did you have a MySpace? <laughs> I did back, back in the, the day. day. And yes. you had the top eight. Well, they're yes. gonna be they're gonna be moving guys around like that. I dated myself. I don't care. But it's like <laughs> that's they're gonna be like constantly shuffling these around. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'm just having too much fun. But uh, but I think it would be a good problem to have. Like I I know the drama that could be instilled with this and all that things. But oh for sure. If the 49ers get to have the opportunity of having three healthy quarterbacks, that would be a wonderful issue. And I know it's going to cause for, you know, whatever. People are going to run with narratives and -and so-and-so's a bust or dud or whatever. Kyle hates this guy. I don't really care about that stuff. The idea of having three healthy quarterbacks, if that is Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, in any order, I don't give a damn because that means the 49ers have healthy quarterback options, and I would like that. Uh, Juan, what's up, Juan? He says, why don't we acknowledge uh, Reddick injured Purdy? Shanahan schemed to play. Croft missed the block. Purdy pump faked. It's a myriad. It's it's it's, it's not it's all one those issue. Things. It's like my answer to that is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Well said, Juan. You're the best there is. I just got through Juan. Um, he does all the film cutups for us and helps us with our video processing. Uh, Juan, just want to say, man, went through Cut a lot of film Juan. today. Crushed it. Uh, he is awesome. Uh, a couple other things. All right, here we go. Niners get awarded Super Bowl sixty. This is the twenty twenty six Super Bowl. So the twenty twenty five seasons. Super Bowl. This always messes me up because, like the the 49ers won the champion the, the Super Bowl in 1994, but they played in 1995, and it always messes me up. But whatever. Yeah, every every time. It's 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 just a bear trap. What are the uh, let's say this? 
Okay, this is three seasons down the road. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance will be 26 years old at this point. Still very, very, very young. I don't think that this really goes into the team-building approach of you know Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch, but it sure, hell, sure as hell seems to make it where it's like we're not even less likely that the Niners do this Rams-type approach where they just mortgage everything for like a one- to two-year Super Bowl window. What are your thoughts on that? Does it even enter into the equation? I don't think York would want to do that anyway. But you, are, are you mean like completely selling out to try and yeah. make the Super Bowl in that year? Or before then, right? Because yeah. you've got this year, the two more. I, I don't think that it really applies, but this was one of the questions that came across to me uh, that was emailed to me, and I was just like, yeah, I'll throw it out there. I'll see, I'll see what, see what uh, Rob thinks. Yeah. I've pondered this, like just sitting there staring at the ceiling, going to bed. And I've thought about like, how much is a Super Bowl worth? Because obviously in that moment, it's the absolute pinnacle of your sport. And, but it's, it's kind of like going to, um, going to uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan and the coach, Phil Jackson, talking about like, you are only successful the moment you commit the successful act. And then after that, you have to do whatever you've got to do to continue being successful. It's not like, you don't get to go forward being the Super Bowl champions from last season, and that somehow excuses everything you're going to do that season. So what I'm trying to say is, is like, yes, the Rams got to that point and they won a Super Bowl, and then everything just fell through the floor. And it's obviously uh, their quarterback situation attributed to that. So I, I was just wondering to myself, how mm. valuable is a Super Bowl? If you knew you could win a Super Bowl now and then your team was going to be pretty terrible for five years – even if you wanted to look at it monetarily, does that add up? Is it worth yeah. it? You know, and I think a lot of people would say yes, because you, you add another trophy to the bin that stays there forever. And I would understand that. And I have no, I have no argument either way, but in terms of selling out just to absolutely give yourself the best shot to achieve that goal, it's a tough, it's a tough decision. And I could understand why somebody would argue either way. Like, no, I want that Super Bowl. I don't care about the future. Give me the quest for six. I want it to be over. I want to come up with some fancy phrase that involves the, the number seven. I get that. But at the same time, it's just you would be making a lot of moves that were very contradictory towards what the 49ers have already shown in terms of their ability to build a team and why they make decisions and trying to su sustain success and target guys that, you know, they're very specific about the guys they draft and sign. They have to meet their qualifications in terms of personality and some of these moves would probably go against that i really don't know man i mean hmm. to be honest i would just keep doing what they're doing and trying to walk that fine line now as time goes on you know especially with with their bigger contracts things are going to get more and more narrow um but i just think that i've been so impressed with what john lynch and kyle shannon have done shannon have done since they got here that i'm like don't do anything different man i understand how important it is to win a super bowl don't change the way you're building a team um, just because you think that adding that one or two more guys and mortgaging the future is going to get it to you because then you do that and you don't win it. And then you're really in trouble and you're Man, really. Could you hurting. imagine if the Rams didn't get it? Cause there were like two calls away from it not happening. Right. And it, yeah, I'm with you there. I don't, you, don't, you don't really, like, make decisions scared, you know? Like, you go for it. You just, you know, in that situation, you roll the dice. But I just think the 49ers are Super Bowl contenders doing things the right way. Just keep doing what you're doing. 
and you're just hoping eventually things kind of go your way. And then what's crazy is the 49ers have just been incredibly unlucky in terms of injuries. Like you're talking about like a three or four year stretch where they are by far the most injured team in the NFL. And it's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And Ricky says it would be worth it. We haven't won one almost 30 years. And again, like if you could, it's a different argument and path for this discussion. If you could guarantee it, but the sad news is you can't guarantee it. You can make it look like you're going all in, but injuries happen, things happen, and that kind of discounts it. So it's rough. I want to win the Super Bowl as bad as anybody. I was in Miami, uh, freaking brokenhearted, uh, whatever that, when we lost that game. So, like, I've been there. I want to win it. I want to win it. We're going to be there. Uh, it's going to happen. Now, sticking to the schedule, Ah, uh, again, one of the things that I'm just not in favor of, but Jed York is. Thursday night flex scheduling has been brought in. Um, and has been approved. It got uh, passed 24 to 8. The owners voted for it, and Jed York voted in favor of this. So now from weeks 13 to 17, not the very last week, Amazon has two options to flex those games from thir- uh, from a Sunday game and bump it up to a Thursday game. It's, you have to give 28 days notice before they do it. I don't like this at all. I don't think it's good for the players. Plus, you know, we played all these trips to go to these games. Makes it almost impossible on that back end. What are kind of your thoughts that we're now flexing games from Sunday to Thursday in November and December? I hate I, I, I hate anything to do when you mention Thursday. Like <laughs> anything you tell me about a Thursday night football game can go to hell. Like it just it just is totally contrary to anything the NFL ever tries to say. Like it's complete bullshit. Yeah. Like you can I don't know if am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, enjoy yourself, okay. my friend. I'm, 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 I try to have a cleaner mouth, and I, you know, especially being a teacher. But it's just like, don't tell me you care about player safety if you're going to do things like giving the 49ers way less rest than any other team in the NFL. After we just got done talking about how badly these guys are always injured, they have way more travel miles in addition to the less re- the least amount of rest. Then you've got the fact that they they've already got two Thursday games, which is unbelievably stupid. And then you can take any, uh, like, can a team have three Thursday games? No. So the rules are um, a team cannot have seven or more primetime games. And Thursday counts as a primetime game. So you couldn't flex somebody that already had that. And you can't have more than two. So the Niners could be flexed out of the, uh, what's it called? Would they be so lucky? Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen because that would be the Seattle Thanksgiving day. And I, I think that's going to pull such a big crowd. I couldn't see Amazon choosing a different game no, over right. Niners versus Seahawks. I just don't see it at all. So it's weird. I don't like it. It has just been approved for a one-year contingency. So they're going to re-vote on the issue next year, 24-8. to 8. Usually that's pretty close to not going forward with it. But, um, yeah, it it's weird. And, again, Jed York, he voted for it. So, uh I don't know. Oh, I'm sure the know. NFL had some type of slide presentation that showed the possible increase in income. And, you know, they're like, hell yeah, sign me up, you know? And it's just like, uh, yeah. Some, uh, is that Bobo G- give them an extra bye week at least. I think that's where the NFL's going is, you know, they're, they're, they're going to add another week. They're going to add another game. And then I think their next step after that, they're going to keep the two Thursdays. They're going to add another week and then they're going to add another bye week. Yeah. And, and that's going to be like their probably their go-to schedule for a long time to come. They're just easing their way to that. They're like, look, we'll give them another week. They'll be upset, and then they'll deal with it. 
we'll give them two Thursday games. They'll be upset, then they'll deal with it. And then we'll look like we're, you know, the heroes when we add another week, but add another bye week. You know what I mean? They're like, it's like small little doses of bullshit. And then everybody will just kind of, it, it sucks. I feel for the players. I understand how hard this game is. And not only that, but you have to deal with players playing on surfaces that suck, you know, yeah. and then they're playing on games more often than they should. I mean, this is professional football. This is one of the hardest physical tolls on your body that, like out of any job, you know, like it's for that moment, it's brutal and they just do whatever, whatever makes, whatever pays the bills, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a revenue move. That's what it is. And so I get it. I totally understand it. I don't like it. I I think you can go to the point where the product becomes less and diluted because you're constantly just making these decisions based on revenue and revenue alone. And I think it's bad for the fans. Now, uh, Dan in the comments mentioned, like your entire plans changing for a game, yeah. Like and with a possibility of only a, a, a month's notice, you know, when you know more than anybody with the amount of organizing you do and traveling you do, that that stuff's booked months and months and months in advance. And uh, yeah, I, it's just like I said, yeah. it's got to all come down to money because there's no other reason for it to exist. Yeah, I, I, I spent uh, several hours today working on the Jacksonville game, which is in November. Like, like <laughs> that's six months out, and it's just, like, still, like, running into headaches and, you know, scheduling with concerts and all kind of different stuff. Right. That's what it is. Uh, but I will take this opportunity, Rob, if you don't mind, to plug. If you are coming to a game this year, come party with us. Uh, 49ers Rush Road Trip. Here's a quick 20-second clip just to kind of show you what we're about. Do it games is awesome but what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful joining the community and we got you covered the 49ers rush road trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together night before parties tailgates the day of we got you covered go get your tickets at 49ers rush road trip.com all right all right um yeah rob we gotta get you out to a game this year man uh, we're going to start doing a lot of home games, and I guess I should have probably brought this up a little bit, uh, teased it a little bit. We were in the Bay Area this weekend. I live in Pasadena now. My wife got hired uh, in the East Bay Area, so the Chapmans are uh, migrating north uh, <laughs> to NorCal, and I'm excited. Uh, Congrats, man. That's thank a huge you. deal. Yeah, we are uh, going to start looking at houses and all that fun stuff, so really excited about that. We're going to be up in the El Cerrito East Bay area, but um, close enough to get to games, which was very, very important to me. I'm excited because my boy, my 14-year-old, I told him, I was like, man, we're getting season tickets, buddy. Uh, We'll be at all of them. So anyway, we got to get you out, Rob. Do you go to a lot of the Niners games? I know you coach, so that makes it hard. Um, I go to all the home games, whether it's I do own season tickets, and then I up, I'm up in the, the the media room every now and then. It's it's usually one or the other. It just depends. I've I've honestly tried to lean more towards using my tickets to go because then I get to take my wife and she loves yeah. it and it's just a great time. And it, it, it's walking a balance between doing the media thing, which I I love, and just you know probably the more important thing, which is making memories with with my wife. So I mean, we were in ponchos for the Seattle game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. We we sat under ponchos while that game downpoured on us. We walked out. I got to meet Doctor Disrespect, my freaking uh, my hero. That was a fun and, episode listening to your podcast because I you've mentioned him a handful of times. So when you went through that, man, that was really cool. I was really happy for you. 
Yeah, it was it was something else. And he really is six eight. Like a lot of people think he's mixing around. The dude is legitimately six eight. And I've never felt smaller, but like and he was such a nice dude. And he's literally Dr. Disrespect. If you want to know what type of person he is and a 49ers fan he is, he's standing there in his in his black steel bulletproof mullet wig and with his gaming headset, because that's part of the character. He's got his glasses on, and it's just downpour, like not a little bit of rain. Like sheets of rain, and he's just standing there taking pictures with everybody. No umbrella, doesn't care. He's all about it, and so it was. That was pretty freaking cool. But yeah, so I'm, I mean, I love doing the media thing, but it tends to be a lot more of an investment into into the love account when I when we go together. So it's 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 a constant pressure. Yeah, I feel you there. Now let's 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 switch. Uh, let's talk about some Niners stuff. Let's throw the rules. Let's throw the schedule out. What are some of your if you had to like create a you know one to two bullet point pitch on what your biggest concerns for the 49ers this upcoming year are what is one or two things that just stands out for you it could be a positional battle could be schematic whatever could be youth or inexperience at a certain position but what are what's one big thing that you're just like man if i could fix this one thing or if they could just get the answer to this smooth sailing from there on out I think the first thing that comes to mind uh, without going into the quarterbacks, because we can kind of put that as like an, an obvious, I'll try and not get into that one because we know the 49ers have never had solidarity at the quarterback position. So why would they have it now? But um, edge rusher kind of concerns me. And yes, they do have a dude named Nick Bosa, but they lost a lot of talent on that defensive line. Javon Hargrave helps a lot, but he's kind of more of an, you know, an interior ish guy. He can, He's so talented, they could kick him out every now and then, and he'd probably win some matchups out there. But he's more of an interior guy. Uh, you know, who's opposite Nick Bosa that you're really expecting to have an impact? Charles Umenehu, he's out. Um, Samson Ebikam, he's out. And not that those guys were top-tier guys, but they were solid and reliable guys that you could put in there and not expect them to get abused and make a play every now and then. And now you're just like, Drake Jackson, see the comment? Sure, but you're talking about a, a second-year player that was on the inactive list at the end of last season because he was not in game shape. They basically said throughout the season he wore down. And in the beginning, he sure flashed some some talent, though, some moves. Hmm. And Steve Wilkes says he spent the entire offseason in the 49ers building in and around it and has added a lot of weight, which is an interesting thing to me because he had some – he had some useless weight, the weight you don't want as a, as a defensive player. I know and, a lot about that, Rob. <laughs> oh, me too, man. I mean, it's just <laughs> I just don't have to rush a passer, so I'm I can carry around that useless weight all I want. But um, so it's it's I think that a lot of pressure is on him. The 49ers would love for him to just come out, um, out of the gates hot and just be like, okay, here we go. We got a guy that can maybe get push to ten sacks, but um, you know. Clinton, Cleland, is it Cleveland or Cleland Farrell? I think it's Cleveland. Uh, that's how I've been too. saying it, so I'm invested in it. So I have no <laughs> like right. approval, but I'm just like, oh yeah, it's Cleveland. So I we're talking. We're talking about Drake Jackson. We're talking about Cleveland Farrell. None of these guys have earned any sort of respect in your mind in terms of what they can produce on the field. There is a likelihood that Chris Kasurik really takes Cleveland Farrell and turns him into a little bit more than we've seen from him. Um, maybe Drake Jackson is in much better shape. But again, the adding weight confused me because you're talking about an edge rusher that already had some weight that he might want to lose, but maybe they're talking about muscle 
you know, which is obviously that would be nice. Um, so we'll see. It, it's just a little bit. Un, I'm unsure of who's going to be producing decent numbers opposite Nick Bosa. And the more you can get somebody over there to take advantage of everything constantly swinging Nick's way. You know, is he yeah. talking about Joey Bosa? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dan likes to play. He's a teacher as well. So we've got the the teacher uh, triumvirate uh, going on here, which is awesome. Appreciate you, Dan. But yeah, he's joking around. I uh, wish. Jo- I, <laughs> I wish that was that was the case. But you know, the cap isn't real, but at the same time, it is. So good luck with that. That's what always kind of blew me away about the Lamar Jackson thing. I was like, Yeah, you have any idea of what they would have to do? <laughs> to make that even come close to fitting anyways. Um, so, and you're, and again, they've, are they going to rely on Javon Kinlaw to be a solid player? Cause that has proven to be completely unreliable. Uh, there's just a lot of for as much talent is on that defensive front. It could come down to Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and we'll see with everybody else, you know, like, yes. Who's going to show up this week and just, right. I really hope somebody steps up. Now, and here we go. Josh asked this one. He says, uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on Robert Bill Jr.? Do you think that him as that edge rusher can have an impact early in this year? Or, I mean, he he went late. He was picked 173 overall. Right. And you had that quote from his coach that stood out saying, basically, if you just ask him to set the edge or go get the quarterback, you will have a great player. And that's, all the 49ers ask their edge rushers to do. So maybe there's a surprise there. At the very least, you've got a rotation of Beal, Farrell, and Jackson that should be able to be a fresh legs and some development from some of them hold something down. You know what I mean? But nobody opposite Nick is really, in my mind, is anybody that I'm looking at to like pick up the mantle for, for what's left. So... But if there's one coach you're just going to say I trust in, it's probably Chris Kasurik. So I do love that they have, you know, with the new defensive change, coordinator change, I love that we have like a stalwart at all three levels with Holland, Bullocks, and Kosarik. Like, I really like the experience and the continuity between the head positional coaches um, that I'm really, really excited about. And, man, I'm really excited about Holland because if Wilkes is in the booth, that means Holland's going to be down on the field making – you know, he's going to be the guy probably leading the 11, you know, adjustment changes on the sidelines when the offense is on the field for the defense, right? Usually it's a linebacker's guy, not always. Right. I don't know. We'll see. It's – yeah, it's – I mean – 49ers faithful said their next guy had four and a half sacks, but they, the, but even Lynch and Shanahan said they were one of their biggest concerns going into the off season was their defensive front. And they felt like that fell off a little bit. Yeah. So the fact that the next guy behind Nick Bosa only had four and a half sacks is kind of part of the problem. And what makes that even more of a problem is they, unless somebody surprises us, they didn't necessarily get better. So it, it's a little here now. A second bullet point. I don't really know to be honest. Oh, which okay. is a good, which is a good thing for the 49ers. It's like you can throw the quarterback thing out there. I got that. The offensive line would have, if this was last season, the offensive line would have been there. Right tackle is an easy second bullet point. You know uh, what they're expecting out of that position. I don't know. I was surprised. You know, I say I was surprised that they didn't target a right tackle sooner. But I always kind of thought to myself, I was like debating myself on the pod. 
Like, sure, you've got Colton McKivitz, and they seem to have a lot of faith in him. What tells me they have a lot of faith in Colton McKivitz is they, they, John Lynch openly said they were trying to trade Mike McGlinchey last year. Yeah. So they were ready for him to step in at the beginning of last season. So they must see something that they like, which is cool. Good for him. I hope that pans out. But I always debated with myself. I was like, look, your first pick is pick number 99. Sure, they could have gotten right tackle. But is that even somebody that you expect to just step in and be like a stud? It's not like it's pick number 9 or 10 or whatever it was, Mike McGlinchey. It's a pick number 99. So sure, they didn't go right tackle. But how much would have that – how much of an impact – would that right tackle have had to begin with? Right. It, you know, it's interesting. You brought up the trade scenario with Mike McGlinchey. They said the same thing about Kendrick Bourne, but it was like a year after because the Patriots tried to trade for Kendrick Bourne. They thought about it, didn't do it. Then they let him walk, and Juwan Jennings, who was on the roster at that time, uh, just stepped in, and it was like, oh, not only did we not miss a beat, but it was an upgrade. I'm not quite so sure McKivitz will be an upgrade over McGlinchey, but, man, it'd be nice if he was. I think in pass protection, he – can be it's the run game that's that's the big question mark now is Shanahan's always put for me is he's always highlighted the run block potential of the offensive lineman is paramount above everything but now you've got two guys on that line and Jake Brindle who you signed long term and Colton McKivitz where run blocking's not really their thing not that they're bad at it but there's a big difference from going from Alex Mack to Jake Brindle and then Colton McKivitz I'm sorry, uh, Mike McGlinchey to Colton McKivitz in the run game. Just the run game blocking is what I'm kind of highlighting here. Is it, does it scare you a little bit that perhaps the Shanahan run game that's just been a staple for so long, literally before he even started calling plays with his dad and Kubiak, I don't think it's going to take a step back, though, just because everywhere else they're loaded. Am I, am I, am I seeing it the same as you? It's tough to say, man. For a guy that is, I mean, Shanahan is pretty self-aware. Like, he knows what he does. And I would, if there was one thing I feel like he would sacrifice last in terms of what his offense can do, it would be his ability to just run the ball. And so I, I think that he probably has faith in the guys that are out there. I think he has faith in the fact that he's got another year with all these guys. Everybody on that line will have been there for at least two years now. And they... To be honest, I think not necessarily the point of eating crow, but a lot of us kind of had to eat some words in regards to that offensive line this last season. They weren't mm -hmm. great, but they were a hell of a lot better than some of us thought they were going to be. And again, I just, I didn't think they were going to be horrible, but I thought they were going to be worse than they were. And, and there was, I mean, again, when you're in the NFC championship game, giving up 60 something percent pressure rate, you obviously don't have too much to hang your hat on, but I don't know, man. I think that if, I think that if, Shanahan's willing to make these moves. He's got to have faith that those guys are going to be able to prop up the one thing that he would never get rid of, and that's his ability to run the football, you know, because he can always lean on that. And then there's probably a little bit of he's cheesing it now because you've got Christian McCaffrey. Like he's like, yeah, if we can't run the ball <laughs> at any given weekend, I'll just throw it to him, you know, and it's like it's unbelievable what just that one player gives you the ability to do. It's it was one of the coolest trades. Up. It might be the coolest trade they've made since they got here. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was a great trade, no doubt about it. Almost seemed like it kind of fell into their their lap. But I mean, going out and getting Christian McCaffrey and then him showing up and just immediately like transforming everything is just it doesn't happen that often.
Yeah, I like that. Um, Salty, he says, you hope Banks Burford can improve more than what is lost going through, you know, from McGlinchey to Colton. I like that. Uh, plus, you have Pryor. I'm big, I'm really high on Pryor. I'm really high on Pryor. And I think another reason why the 49ers, uh, this, these are the words from. Why, are you, uh, why are you really high on Pryor? Because you're going to know more about him than me. I just think that, okay, going from Mike McGlinchey to Colton McKivitz is a completely different body style and play type, okay? McKivitz is mean, tough, dirty, locks on, punches. I mean, it's they're, they, they're different body types. They're different personalities. They're different play styles, play strengths completely. Pryor is much more Mike McGlinchey. So you've got this Colton McKivitz. Look, let's do this. Let's put a nasty road grader, mean as hell dude in there, and let's see how he performs. That's much better in pass protection. And if that doesn't work out, guess what? You got McGlinchey light in Matt Pryor, big, tall, long. You know, I mean, just that's who he is. And he's more of the run guy. That's he, He's Mike McGlinchey. I watch his film, and I'm just like, man, this is Mike McGlinchey. Now, he doesn't have the consistency that he had. but And then even if that doesn't work out, you got Jalen Moore. And if that doesn't work out, you got Nick Sakel. And then you're bringing in Joey Fisher. So you've got bodies. It's just who's going to step up. Obviously, right. it's going to Colton McKivitz first. But, like, there's dart throws here that I think if Colton flames out or doesn't work out, Matt Pryor, I have no problems with. And, okay. again, I keep going back to this, too. Do you remember when Tom Compton came in? And it, we didn't really suffer. Like, right. that's that was the weirdest damn thing ever because I was not a Compton guy. <laughs> I was very <laughs> upset about that. But he played really well. So, I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts on it. It's mm. it, it's just another one of those offseason question marks that we're not going to know about. The biggest thing that I always say with offensive line is you don't want there to be a competition there that goes very long because cohesion and teamwork and getting familiar with each other is such an important part of offensive line that if you have two guys constantly competing and rotating almost like you did into the season last year with Spencer Burford and who was the other guy I'm just randomly um Aaron Banks Nick Sakale I uh, uh, what do you mean other guy no no who was rotating in he's he's gone now oh Daniel Brunskill Brunskill there you go, Sorry there you go. That. yeah um so it's just you don't necessarily want that. You want all of those guys together, constantly taking every snap together, learning how they react to things. And as, as long as they can figure out who the clear-cut leaders are at all those spots, that's fine. Seems like they've got it. It's just if something's not going to work out, you almost want it to not work out as soon as possible. That way, whoever comes in out of the guys you listed can do it with a quickness and they can get that cohesion going before you know you're playing a team like the Eagles. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, you know, it's funny. We just won. Thank you for this comment. He says, go watch the film on McKivitz. You know, over on our Patreon channel, I, I just did the – he played 31 plays Colton McKivitz in last season, uh, 2022, against the Rams. I think it was week four. Dude didn't give up one pressure. And whenever Colton McKivitz went in there, the Rams were – like, they moved Aaron Donald to edge to go against Colton McKivitz. Over That's because and over they and over didn't again. want him going against Daniel Brunson. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, well said. But, man, like you saw three or four times that game, Aaron Donald getting pissed off and punching and barking back because Colton McKivitz is just, I don't want to say dirty, but 
even whenever I watched his tape at West Virginia back before he was drafted, I was like, dude, this dude pisses every single person off he plays against. Like, he's the last one to make contact every play through the echo of the whistle. That's just who he is. He's a West Virginia mountaineer through and through. Um, I'm excited about him. I really am. I, I hope okay. it pans well, out. You give me, you give me a little bit of a little bit more confidence. In, yeah, in look, look at Dan. He says, go get the Patreon. Man, if you haven't subscribed yet, we got a free seven days. Go check it out. See if it's something you like. Uh, plus, on Wednesdays at 530, we're going through our 1994 49ers season with our watch parties. You can come hang out with us on Zoom. Uh, appreciate that, Dan. Thank you. So let's get to some of these questions before we got to turn Rob loose. He's a busy man. Uh, I don't want to take up too many. Too many. I have like seven more questions I didn't get to, but this is a good thing. This okay. is good. It just I means be, I got to get you back. I can be shorter. I can, yeah, that's uh, anytime, man. I mean, All right, so I say any time, but then I'm, you know, I have 18 million reasons why I can't do it any <laughs> given day. That's awesome. Um, all right, let's get to these starred comments that are coming through from Loco Karacha. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that way wrong. Does having Wilkes who blitzes more help us um, help the people opposite of Bosa? This way, pressure is created. Uh, maybe not even from the defensive line. I will say this. The guys we drafted, Winters, Jair Brown, Bill, like a lot of blitzing guys, even Jalen Graham. What are your thoughts on this? Can you scheme up more pressures now with Wilkes instead of just relying on better talent? I think so. I think for sure. I think that if the 49ers truly are concerned about what that defensive line is going to be able to produce, the thing that kind of saves them is they have such athletic linebackers that they can kind of – get away with losing one of those defenders. You know, you got to think of just generally how what happens to a defense when you blitz a corner. You know, you're really mm -hmm. leaving yourself. There's going to be a route open. You know, it's it, you've got linebackers that could kind of make up for that, but it's the speed at which that pressure gets there. But I think that, if anything, Wilkes brings a, a new creativity to what they're going to be able to do. And like you said, I think – a little bit, a little more of it might fall on the linebackers than it does the corners. You know, they have, like you said, they got a lot of guys that are just fast and really yeah. fast. And you've even got Jair Brown, who's very good at blitzing. And, it, you know, you've got a lot of guys that, whether it's a linebacker, I think you can kind of just look at it that way. Anything outside of the defensive line probably becomes a more viable weapon with Steve Wilkes. And I think that knowing that things are pretty sound in the secondary, they've got veteran safeties. Weird to call Hufanga a veteran, but he really feels like he's kind of <laughs> come come into his own in in that sense. And so I think that they could probably get away with leaving themselves a bit more vulnerable in order to create those pressures. I would expect Wilkes, if anything, to be more creative with the blitzes he dials up and take advantage of because now now more NFL defenses are going to the fact that they don't care if it's a safety or a linebacker. They just want that extra guy in there to be athletic and fast. Right. And if that's a guy that's blitzing off the edge, you know, who's going to be the Sam linebacker? It's never really that clear cut in terms of scheme nowadays, but whoever that third linebacker on the field is going to be, um, they're all fast. So it, it seems like they're going to be able to scheme up some pretty good pressure from players other than the defensive line. I like that. I like that. All right, we got one more question. I, I said about 45 minutes, so this will be our last one. Dan Gay says Santa Clara needs to get an XFL team uh, for Niners players that don't make the team or practice squad. Shanahan uses the practice squad better than anybody else in the NFL. And I'm with, I, I would love more local football. Um, I'm a type of guy, I mean, you're a coach. I could watch anybody play football. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, 
right. just freaking love football. Have you watched any of the XFL stuff? Yeah, yeah, I, I was tuning into it every now and then. If I could, it was more of like a if I can't find something else to watch, and I notice that it's on thing. I was never like scheduling myself to watch the XFL, but uh, what was the one? What was the the league that Daniel Brunskill came from? A A A F L A F L yeah something like that. I watched that a, a lot. A F. There it is. I, there it is. We were I so it was close. Two A's. That team, man. <laughs> yeah, and they had that cool San Diego team that was like the ships, you know, or something yes. like that. Um, and that's the where he, I think that's the team he came from. But I I loved it. I, and I was writing like weekly articles for Niners Nation talking about who on the XFL could possibly move up and come, you know, be somebody that pro teams could be looking at. But I think that if as long as that league stays viable, that's the problem is that we've seen like three of those leagues yeah. come through in like three years. And if if the old, uh, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson can keep that thing going, then why not, man? I, I just think that there's such a massive um, void in terms of what you get with professional baseball and a little bit with basketball. You know, there's so much talent out there chilling, not getting to play. For anybody, so if you they could somehow swing it, that'd be pretty sweet. I'd be excited to watch a, a local XFL team. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, this has been an absolute blast. Now, Rob, where can we get your content? I prepped it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Help me understand where can we listen to your show so we can get more Rob Louder in our lives. Well, it's uh, it's striking gold on the Blue Wire Network, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen to. You listen, you know, it's it'll be on there. Striking gold. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to, if you want to follow a dude that tweets every two or three days. Um, but it'll pick up during the season, but as of it's right probably now, it's refreshing just... compared to following me. I, I way too much, but when, when Rob tweets, memes. you pay attention. I can know <laughs> you watch your mouth, you Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> you watch your mouth. There is no such thing as you too many memes. memes. <laughs> oh no. It, it's, it, there, it's there are never too many. There are never, it's a problem. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Striking. I mean, that really is, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I feel like I get all my thoughts out on the podcast. So it's like, do I need to tweet about them? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, but that's pretty much the end of it. I, but you can find my opinions on the podcast. Dude, go follow, go give it. A, and if you're one of those people that's like, ah, you know, whatever, trust me, if you do this, it will increase your football awareness. And it's a, it's a show that increases your fan experience. It's not something that's going to piss you off at the end of the day. And you walk away grumpy or anything like that. It's just, it's just good content. And KP's always on there and I, I'm a big fan of KP. So Kyle yeah, he knows ball too. He's a good dude, man. Good dude. So thank you so much, Rob, for your time. Clayton, the man, he always making it go strong, and that's going to do it for us here. But, Rob, uh, I'm going to be fighting to get you back on the show in about a month or so. Uh, just put it on the end of this just so you can't back out. Uh, <laughs> it's just what it is. It's just what it Anytime, is. Anytime, so, bro. I'm in. I'm in. Thanks, Rob. All right. For everybody else, thank you so much. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.